Hello and welcome to Big Streaming Pile. I am your host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. I am Tom Goldwit. Back on, I think, the first episode besides B-Movie, which we recorded, like, almost a year ago now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we also have a special guest with us today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? I guess. Do part of your job for you. <laughs> I am Nick Yurisiva. Um, You might know me from Tales of the Voidfarer or Fables Around the Table. Yeah, uh, Nick was also. <laughs> Nick has also been on the show before. Um, he was on our second episode of the season, Dinosaur, um, which was not a very good movie. So that's why we talked about it. But it was yep. fun, though. Um, <laughs> it had fun and joy, unlike this movie, which I'll get into in a second. But this is our Halloween special. Um, last year, we decided to do like R.L. Stein movies, so I wanted to do something special again for Halloween. And uh, there is a movie that Nick, Tom, and I, weirdly enough, were in. And it is a horror film, um, and it is bad, and it pops up on Amazon Prime sometimes, but right now you can get it on Tubi, so I wanted to talk about it, because I thought that it, uh, it would be a good opportunity for us to get out, you know, some weird stuff like <laughs> how many years later i think we filmed this in like 2011 um we are not in this movie very much we're not like characters in it we're like in the backgrounds but you can see us at several points i don't think that we saw tom i don't think we were able to see tom at any point yeah i'm not sure if they used any of the shots where i was like on camera or yeah. like where my face was visible but you can see nick and i like several times in the first yeah. 30 minutes um, uh, and you but, can't see tom's name in the credits yeah, yeah. you can see tom's name in, in tom's name in the credits uh but that movie is called the zombinator or if you're in the uk dead z i don't know why they uh, changed it there's probably wait, already a movie so point of record is it the zombinator or just zombinator um i think it is the zombinator and okay. looking at the IMDb page, it is, in fact, the Zombinator. Okay. But we've been just calling it Zombinator, I think, among ourselves. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you can get that on Tubi. And also sometimes it'll pop up on, like, Amazon Prime. Um, I don't actually recommend that anyone watch this movie. But if you are, like, if you have a burning desire, there you go. Um, <laughs> it was directed by uh, Sergio Myers. And it was credited as being written by Sergio Myers also but this movie did not actually have a script it had like an outline um and that's really obvious <laughs> right the movie <laughs> um some background information on the movie so uh this was supposed to be a fashion documentary about uh a girl in well, actually, she's a woman. This this is supposed to be a fashion documentary about um, a woman from Youngstown who, like, went to Youngstown State University, where uh, all of us are alumni, and she wrote for a fashion blog called Frock On, and Sergio Myers is like filmmaker from um, Los Angeles. He was coming up to like film something about what she was doing with the website. And he was like, Oh, like Youngstown, Ohio, big rust belt city. This looks like the prime place for a zombie movie. 
So they structured this movie around the idea that they came up to film a fashion documentary, but then, like, zombies attack. So it's, like, mockumentary style. It's clearly trying to, like, um, it's clearly trying to take inspiration from uh, Cloverfield and from Paranormal Activity, movies like that. Um, I think it's also trying to be, like, a cult-like B-movie type of thing, but I don't think that they did that very well, and we'll get it more into why as we discuss the movie. Um, I, I think in some of the marketing, they did specifically say, like, a new cult classic or something right. like that. They were so very, they, very open about this. <laughs> yeah, they weren't, like, intending this to be, like, an Oscar-winning film. They were trying to, like, take some, like, campy elements and stuff like that. Um, but the thing with, like, camp and, like, making a bad movie is you, like, intention is important. Like, there is an art to it. Uh, but like I said, we'll get more into the finer details of that uh, after when we start talking about the movie. But Nick, you are credited, I think, as like a production coordinator in this movie, as well as like a zombie. Assistant production coordinator, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so what was that like? What was your experience with the Zombinator? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was uh, like the most the most I ended up having to do was actually uh, transport the actors, the actual like actors that they hired on for this, which were like a bunch of like, you know, either in like film school or like just graduated like, you know, new actors. um. Uh, in addition to some of like the like uh, Joanne, um, who was like the subject of the um, original documentary, like plays herself in this. So it was like her and a couple of the Youngstown people and then these actors they brought in. So on a couple occasions, I had to drive the actors back to their hotel uh, which was miserable. <laughs> it was a bunch of them like acting like they were on another planet because they were in somewhere as bumfuck as Youngstown, which isn't actually that like out in the middle of nowhere. It's like we're an hour from Cleveland and an hour from Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's not a small town. It's a small city. You know, it's still a city. Yeah. But they're like, oh, look how cheap cigarettes are here and all this stuff. And like, uh just like going on and on and it, this didn't help by the fact that like Sergio Myers making this movie was like kind of dunking on Youngstown from the beginning uh and the dialogue on this movie also makes that very clear um so in like doing my research for this episode and uh, reading reviews of the Zombinator like the Ohio State University. Um, I came across a couple different reviews of people who said it obviously like wasn't a real city or wasn't like filmed in one city because you get um, rural settings, suburban settings, and very urban settings. And I'm like, no, this was in fact all filmed in Youngstown, or at least the external shots I think were all like within yeah. the city of Youngstown. Yeah. Well, within like. Youngstown and its suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, like, stuff, like, shot in Canfield and, like, also But I think that that was all, like, indoors. I think that, like, the external stuff, I think that's all, like... Because I think that people were referring to, like, um, Mill Creek Park, and then they were, like, downtown and, and stuff yeah. like that. So all of that was within, like... It's not, like, right next to each other, but it's all within the city. I just thought that that yeah. was, like... Yeah, you could get everywhere they shot within, like... 15, 20 minutes of driving. Yeah. Right. Well, what's really funny about that comment is that you could do that with any city. 
you know, find find places that feel distinctly different. Yeah. But that just never happens in movies because your location scouts specifically pick locations that look like they go together. And that right. just did not happen. Uh, like a lot of other things on this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like you have, uh, they did a lot of filming, like clearly by the university and like Ursuline High School and stuff like that. Um, I think because there was like a strange religious thread that went through this. So I think that they saw uh, Ursuline High School, which is a Catholic school and saw like crosses and flags and stuff like that. We're like, oh, this is going to be like really deep and then they like you know shot down the street to like downtown youngstown and uh filmed a couple scenes there and then they went to mill creek park which i think is one of the largest like metro parks in the country or something it is like it's, pretty, that. It's, it's on the larger side yeah it's, it's this massive park that's you know again sort of in the middle of the city and mm -hmm. it extends through you know all sorts of areas but uh they did film the ending there, which makes sense because Mill Creek Park and Lanterman's Mill is sort of like an iconic staple of Youngstown. And it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks, it looks like nice. really interesting. They even got some good shots there. They did get some good shots mm -hmm. there. Um, it took them a while to like focus the camera because it was nighttime. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when they did, um, they did in fact get some good shots of Lanterman's Mill. Um, Tom, what was your experience like filming this? So I was not anywhere near as involved as either of you. Um, cause I think I completely skipped day one, but then I was sort of like hearing about it and they were just like looking to get like a big group of zombies basically for the final shot. Right. So it was just like, I was hearing from multiple people. They're like, Hey, we're looking for zombies. You want to come like rip up some jeans and, you know, be in a movie. I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds okay. Yeah. So then I find myself like at Lanterman's Mill at like eleven o'clock at night. It was like late fall, so it was like pretty chilly. No, it but, was it was the middle of winter. Yeah, it was, it was, was the, this was the it week was after just Christmas. after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it was very cold. Yeah, it was and like cold. you see everyone in the movie wearing short sleeves because they didn't want us to wear outerwear because like they didn't want to like rip it up or anything. But it was extremely cold and you could see it raining in the final shot. It yeah. was it was very unpleasant. Yeah, so my experience was like standing around in like jeans that I had deliberately ripped up and a t shirt with like big holes in it. That the wind just blasted through, of course, and like you know, fucking northeast Ohio winter, just kind of hanging out. And I'm like a pretty tough boy when it comes to temperature, but after like an hour of waiting for them to start the shoot, I was pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, there were some pretty miserable parts of being an extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then like they did start shooting, and it was like a whole like scene where like a big horde of zombies, and then like the movie was over yeah um mine I, I was not involved in the production side at all of this movie um unlike nick and, and some other friends of ours um but i did show up one day of filming they told me to get there at 6 a.m so i did um, no, almost no one else was there. So I like showed up and it was like some of the makeup artists were there and Nick was there. Um, I don't even remember. You might've driven me there that morning. I don't know. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. I know that you drove me home that night, but you might've also driven me there that morning, um, uh, because I did not drive at the time. So I, I arrived there. I do not know how true this is, but the makeup artist told me is like, oh, you're like one of the girls who's supposed to be like 
a featured zombie in this one scene and they like sort of explained it to me they were getting a bunch of like girl zombies and they were like presenting it to me as if it was like this big like girl power moment because like this guy was going to say something like sexist or whatever and then the girls come in and like eat him and like it's gonna look like super badass and stuff and they had the, the like white out contacts that like put the like white over your eyes so you can't see your like pupils or anything like that um but they told me like oh don't put these on like right away because we're not going to get to filming that for a couple hours and then i i don't know if that scene was just like someone's like pipe dream and it never happened or they got distracted with other stuff and it got cut see i bet it is that one scene it it might have been the scene that you see like later. Yeah, um, I think they just like were like this idea is too good to pass up. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I don't know maybe they like move that scene around or something like that because something like sort of similar does happen later in the movie and I'm like almost sort of glad I wasn't involved in it because watching yeah, it later like I was sort of like oh like like I'm not yeah. super a fan of that. Um, but yeah, I missed out on my opportunity to be. Um, a hot sexy zombie and eat a guy <laughs> yeah instead i was just a regular zombie and uh pounded on a truck and tried to break into a into like what was it wedgewood pizza <laughs> no westgate it was westgate uh, pizza. it was westgate pizza yeah, yeah. the strictly <laughs> inferior version of wedgewood yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what I did. Um, it doesn't like really look like me in the movie because they, they I don't know if like they color corrected it or what, but it looks like my hair is like black in the movie. Like it's not like red. Um, so I think it's just like them tinkering with the color and everything because they were shooting at night. Mm. But um, yeah, that was that was my involvement. I, so I mostly just like sat around. I think that that was like, gosh, an 18 hour day or something. And we only it was filmed. Crazy. Yeah, we only filmed probably for, I want to say, 45 minutes. Like, yeah, it was unpleasant. It was it was extremely cold. We were inside the Calvin Center and it was still um, very, very cold. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the days I was a zombie as well, because it was you and I that went to the, the pizza place to do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then there was the scene outside and um, where like, you know, it was like, with the box truck and stuff like that. And we did that shot multiple times in the cold and they put me in the front and I was one of the zombies that was supposed to get shot. So every single take I'm like going all out, like acting like I took a shotgun blast to the chest and then laying on the cold ass concrete for like the next, like, you know, 30 seconds of each shot. Um, and nothing but a single layer. It was like a button up shirt. Yeah. You know? So I'm like laying on the wet, cold, pavement yeah. for every shot and then that shot was not in the movie <laughs> yeah i remember too because they had put our friend um anna who actually if you've listened to uh fables around the table curse uh she was who was she was lucy rookwood yeah she yes. was lucy rookwood in episode three or four around there somewhere um but she also was a zombie who was like shot in that scene and they did this like really gory like it looked like it like took her eye out and stuff like that and that was also not in the movie (laughs) um but you do see anna also at several points throughout this film and she was she was more involved i think than any of us with the production of it she was one of the production assistants um but yeah, I also remember the um the pizza. So we had been there so long that they decided to buy us all pizza, but they bought like two pizzas for all like twenty extras. Um 
so everyone got like a slice and then if there was like any <laughs> leftover we could go back but at the time i was vegan so i had this very sad like like <laughs> bread with some sauce on it just like eating it and i could barely open my mouth because of the like makeup that they had put on me and i was I was not a happy camper, and it didn't help that, I'm not going to say who, but some of the people working on that film were a little bit unpleasant. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I did on this movie, and now it's immortalized forever on right. Tubi and other streaming services, and also on DVD at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, do you guys want to talk about the movie, and we can like get into more stories if they... Uh, if they if we come have up. to yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like gosh before we started watching like the night before i texted nick being like i do not want to watch this movie because i've seen it one time and it was pretty dreadful to watch uh, right because there's nothing make it, fun about yeah it. it doesn't like make any sense no one's character is like consistent in any meaningful way it just stuff just happens um so yeah but then we decided to watch it with you know some of our friends over discord because it is the bad times right now and so that was a lot more fun yeah that text message was like i i was so relieved when i got that text (laughs) message because i was feeling the exact same way and i'm like oh thank god do you want to watch it do you want to stream it over discord because i really don't want to have to like sit in silence and watch this movie by myself it's the only way to watch it because it it really is unwatchable if you're by yourself and, like, I, I know that I, I said in, like, episode one, like, I have, like, a love for bad movies. I appreciate bad movies. I will, like, watch many bad movies by myself. This one is a special kind of bad. It is truly, truly almost unwatchable. Um, I, I like them as Youngstown. It's, like, it's given me many funny stories over the years, so I appreciate that about it. But uh, it's... Yeah, let's just start talking about it. There's yeah. no other way than to just dive in. So yeah. spoilers if you really want to watch this movie, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, there's now, barely any plot to spoil. Yeah, there, right. there's nothing to spoil. Even if you know the whole thing going in, which we did because we worked on the movie, it still like doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't... People are going to be like, oh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's not going to be fun to watch. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, so let me come in with my like hot take. I don't even know it's a hot take, but like a vitriolic take. Do okay. we want to come and go in with hot takes or start talking about the plot? Oh, we can talk about the plot first. That's yeah. Let's okay. Yeah. So, um, and we don't have to talk about this for very long because there's not that much. There's plot. not that yeah, much. There's plot. not a lot here. Um, and like, if it doesn't make any sense in our run through, it's because the movie doesn't either. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we start out in the fashion documentary era of the movie. Um, so this is following uh, Joanne, who is a, a real person. She is, she's, she's a nice woman. Yeah. She's I've very met nice. her in passing. Yeah. I think she's like very nice. Um, she, uh, so they're, they're filming this and it's like, Oh, it's like Youngstown. It's this like dilapidated Rust Belt city murder capital usa um which isn't (laughs) true but we did have like the highest like undercover fbi agents like per capita for a while we did have the highest murder per capita for a few years like back in the 90s i think yeah then we lost the title yeah this doesn't come from like nowhere um there is like various issues with like youngstown but i mean we 
we all survived it. We grew up there. You yeah. know, it's, it's fine. Um, we only had a few friends get mugged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I've never been mugged there. I don't, I don't know. I was I, never mugged. Yeah. I was at a party where an attendee on his way to the party got mugged. Oh, actually, well, Tom and I, we worked at the university um, doing the same thing. And uh, the thing that we did was in the library. And there was an attempted mugging outside the library. This story will tell you how people's attitudes in Youngstown are towards, like, muggings and other situations like this. Um, so someone attempted to uh, mug a student as they were coming out of the library. They wanted their backpack because presumably it had a laptop and stuff um you know, in it. And the mugger had a knife with them and the person with the backpack had no weapon, but decided to just swing the backpack wildly and, um, like fend off the mugger that way. And it did in fact work. Um, the mugger did run away when presented with someone who was willing to fight for whatever, like fucking grad school thesis (laughs) was in their backpack or whatever. Um, (laughs) But then we got a lot of emails being like, do not try to fight muggers. Like, just give them what they want and, like, try to go back into the library yeah. and, like, call for help. Um, but that should tell you quite a lot about the Youngstown attitude. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Youngstown way. Yeah. Um, but so the movie starts out there, like, Joanne is, is talking about the fashion thing and she's making, um, breakfast with her family and they're all talking about, uh, the fashion thing and all the great things about Joanne. And, uh, then the camera people who are basically their own characters throughout the movie, um, one of them who is the cinematographer, um, or talking to each other about Youngstown, it appears as though I think one of them is not from Youngstown, is like, oh, it's super dangerous. And, and, uh, the person who is the cinematographer, um, I don't know if he'll, I won't say his name. You can like look it up on IMTV if you want to go. I don't know how much he wants his name attached to this project because we do know this person. He's a nice guy, but you know, look it up if you want to know who it is. Um, he's, he is in fact from Youngstown and that was how he got involved, uh, in this movie, presumably. And, uh, he was like, oh yeah, it's like gentrifying and stuff like that. It's getting better. I don't think Youngstown is gentrifying. Um, but at the time, like there were like, it's revitalizing. It's revitalizing in some ways. Um, you get like, basically they were revitalizing the nightlife at the time, um, which is basically in full swing now. Uh, still on like just one street (laughs) yeah (laughs) one street downtown is the nightlife um so uh he's like oh it's not that bad whatever and joanne is like also oh it's not that bad uh they go over to these train tracks under i-80 that goes through youngstown and being like oh this is like the type of thing that like vogue tries to emulate this like rustic rust like rust belt type of type of aesthetic but we just get it like it's just an indigenous feature. This is um, just how Youngstown <laughs> is. <laughs> um, and then they find, uh, or they hear gunshots in the woods or something, and they're like, oh, it's people hunting. Um, I don't know if people actually hunt. Nobody hunts in, there. In those woods. You would no. not be allowed to hunt there. Yeah, because it's right next to, uh, like... It's next to a highway, and, like, if you yeah. go, like, 20 feet through those trees, it's gonna be, like, houses. Yeah, so yeah. that was not the case. And the gunshots were just, like, edited in for the yeah. purposes of the movie, because they were supposed to be scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there are many, like, 
in the Youngstown area, there are, like, very rural areas where you would be able to hunt fairly easily. Uh, just not right there, specifically. <laughs> yeah, you, you usually need to drive, like, 30 drive, minutes like, out of the Beaver city. Creek and, yeah, yeah. I, like, there's places, but, like, not... Not directly under IAD. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they see on one of the pillars holding up the highway um, some blood that someone has smeared onto it. And the sound guy or the camera guy, I forget what exactly he's supposed to be doing. There's a number of crew throughout this movie um, he has talked into licking it. That never goes anywhere. Yeah, that doesn't lead to He just does. Um, yeah. I will say that I think that scene is the only scene in the entire movie that I would describe as, like, watchable. Yeah. Because that scene has a real through line. Yeah, it sets mm-hmm. stuff up. Um, I I think Joanne was actually, like, probably the most, like, consistent and solid actor in this, uh, yeah. besides, um, besides the guy who plays the colonel. But he's, like, I mean, he's this a is a dude who, like, had, like, a named character in Minority Report. Like, he's, like, a real actor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. like Patrick, the real actor. Played by set. Patrick Kilpatrick, if anybody is wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um he was good in it. He was like a pleasant dude to be around. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, so they wander off, I guess, and they, they're like, Oh, we need to get ready for the party. So that's how the scene ends. It's like they're like, Mr. Cameraman, we need to get ready for the party. It is not a party. It is a wake for their friend who died in Afghanistan. <laughs> but it is treated as though it's a party, um, including a band where the lead singer is dressed up as a zombie priest. And I'm like, when I die, I want my wake <laughs> to be reenacting <laughs> the scene from the Zombinator in you know <laughs> there needs to be like a zombie rock band and like a mysterious person who is like yes i knew i i knew them um and people being like yeah i've never i've never been outside of the city of youngstown which is like i don't think there's any person in the city of youngstown they might not have ever moved anywhere else but every single person in youngstown has been to both cleveland and pittsburgh because they're so close and like all the events happen yeah. there and yeah yeah um, so all that's going on. Uh, this is where we meet the rest of our cast of characters who are going to die. Um, some of the girls are like, oh, we're from Cleveland. We work at coffee shops there. Um, one of them is like, she's like a model from Europe and like, and this woman really is from, I think she's from like Estonia or something like that. And she's like, come to study fashion. Cause that's the supposed to be a through line of the movie it's not but they're still on the it's it's a fashion documentary type of thing so we meet all their friends um including jed who i think might be like my favorite character i like jed which one is jed he's the one who like clearly had a big crush on joanne Uh, okay yeah because like there was there was a sort of like love triangle that didn't go anywhere um because joanne i think was really into the guy who was dating the model or i think she was the model like her name was yana in the film i don't know what her real name is um who was dating yana i think that joanne was supposed to like him and then jed was supposed to like joanne so it was this whole like okay and then yana and whatever his name was uh sort of broke up sort of didn't 
That also didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that went nowhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that from this spot, we can mostly, like, fast forward through the rest of the movie. Because yeah. the next, like, hour of the movie, basically, or, like, 50 minutes or so, is... So, like, at the wake, like, the zombies attack. This is... Yeah, at the end happens. of the wake, the zombies attack. And then they run. They run through downtown Youngstown. Um, you see Nick in the wake, and you see me pounding on Wedgwood Pizza. Yeah. So, and yeah. I'm also pounding on Wedgwood Pizza as well, yeah. which is funny, because yeah. it's like, I was a, clearly uh, an extra at the party, and yeah. then they run from the party, and then I'm clearly a zombie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Different, completely <laughs> different zombie. Yeah, that's true. You do see your face really clearly both times. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Anyway, so they're like running around, whatever. Um, they meet up downtown Youngstown, and this is where um, what is arguably the actual plot of the film starts to unfold. Uh, they meet a guy who calls himself the Zombinator, who was involved in the military in some sort of way, and um, the the colonel who is also at the wake, just sort of ominously being like, "Oh, I I knew Bobby from Afghanistan." That sort of thing turns out to be the bad guy at the end of the movie. Gasp! Uh, and and all the char- most of the characters, not all of them, most of the characters die along the way. And yeah. three, we do not know the fate of because the movie just ends when the colonel yeah. dies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so. But like most of the movie is this sort of extended sequence where these like random people from the party are just like going through different scenes and like having to deal with zombies or just like spending 12 minutes trying to decide what door to go through. Yeah, which, was, yeah, which, is, it's which is like a very D&D type of thing because they're in yeah. the basement. <laughs> they can't decide what it is. They say it's a, they say it's a Christian school, which could be a number of, of schools in Youngstown. I don't know if they were trying to reference a real one. Um, they also say that the clan met there, which do you want to tell the Youngstown clan story? Well, like, because the clan did not like Catholics. And Youngstown is historically pretty Catholic. So, I mean, there was a whole, like, moment in Youngstown history where the Klan wanted to do a march, and then the Italian mob came out and stopped them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, historical inaccuracies, yeah. like, call cinemasins. <laughs> um but yeah, so they're like throwing out all sorts of different things. I do want to talk about my favorite part in the movie, though, which was my least favorite part to film because we sat there doing nothing for 12 hours. Right, um, right. But that's when they meet up in the basement of they did not discuss where exactly they were beforehand because some of the people say like, oh, we need to call the homeowner. And some people say they're in the school. Some people say they're in the community center. It's unclear where exactly they are. Again, there was no script and little yeah. direction for the people who are trying to improvise <laughs> yeah. these. Where scenes. this actually <laughs> is, is the basement of the Calvin Center uh, in Youngstown. But so they... They talk about it, you know, whatever. Um, and they come across a group of paranormal investigators, which is a real group of paranormal investigators from like Pittsburgh or something. I forget exactly where they're from. Something um, like that. 
they are in fact wearing t-shirts with the name of their like real group on it and they did like bring all their equipment and stuff to the shoot and what's weird is that they're all like pretty good actors (laughs) yeah they're pretty good (laughs) and convincing and like some of the people who were like hired to do the film are not selling it but this paranormal group is on it like they knew how to (laughs) yes and without it being weird like they did a really good job um and then so they have this whole argument for like five minutes with the paranormal group about whether or not they're zombies outside and then the group goes like we're here with some priests and the camera just like shifts to the left and we have a director insert where um sergio myers and someone else are playing priests and there's like four priests in this movie i don't know why they have this a lot of priests in this movie yeah yeah and uh, (laughs) he's like smoking and he stomps out the cigarette and goes around a corner and he's like screaming in agony and stuff and they're like oh it's just a malevolent spirit don't worry and then he comes out he's zombie but that's my favorite part it does that part also has a moment that was discussed in every single review i read which was the zebra yes the zebra <laughs> the yes zebra. so um I, uh, from what I understand, the actors were all told to like, you know, just like think about who your character is. You can draw on your real life. I think that girl, like, really did have a zebra or like worked with zebras because she's like, no, I have to get home to Bob. I can't be here. And she's upset. And everyone's like, who is Bob? And she pulls out like a physical photograph of a zebra and like holds it towards the camera and is like, this is Bob. I need to get home to Bob. And I do think that that was like not a picture that she printed off of Google. I think that she like personally knew that zebra on some level. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was also during this section where it was like everyone was like, Now's my chance to get my backstory out. Yeah, Yeah, everyone tried to, yeah, it was like a couple like montages of people who were like, Let me tell you my tragic backstory, and like everyone was like, Yes, anding into like having pretty similar backstories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I just wanted someone to be like, No. Uh, because no. <laughs> this also happened during the wake where like two groups of actors were like, oh, yeah, you played basketball with Bobby, didn't you? And then they were like, yes. And, you know, went on, which is not like a bad thing to do by any means. Um, but then later with a separate group of actors, and they might have had no idea this was happening at all. They talked about how Bobby was a big football player and he was the quarterback and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I played football with him. And I'm like, Bobby is the greatest athlete to ever live. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest athlete to have ever sported. Mm-hmm. And that's why the colonel wanted him on his team, honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. This uh, this joke actually makes more sense than most of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think to sort of like plow through the rest of this mess of a movie, like what we end up with is our group runs into a person who calls himself the Zombinator, and it's unclear if he's like there of his own volition or if he's like sent in. Yeah, and this actor is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, like like body doesn't like he like he does yeah. he was on like the terminator show or something like that um to give you just an idea of like what he looks like he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah and he basically acts like him yeah so then he turns out to have a back story with the colonel where 
they were on the same, like, special forces team or whatever, and the colonel was the best, but now the Zombinator says he's the best. So then they fight each other a couple times, but, like, first the colonel wins, and he, like, captures him, and then the Zombinator gets free and, like, stabs the colonel and runs away. And then something, something. Laramans Mill fight. Laramans Mill. And the colonel is killed by zombies. Yeah. The colonel yeah. was shot many <laughs> times throughout this movie and did not die once. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did no, and even in the final, it's like the Zombinator like kicked him out the door, but then it was the horde of zombies that killed well, him. Well, the Zombinator, apparently... no, the Zombinator shotgun blasted him out the door. Because he uh, had, like, a shotgun with infinite ammo, and he shot him, like, six times, and in doing so, he, like, pushed the door open into the horde of zombies, and then, like, crowd surfed on the zombies until he was, like, overtaken. That's right. what happens. Yeah. The Zominator's weird shotgun with the upward, uh, the upward kickback. <laughs> yeah, he was just, like, jerking The upward recoil. Yeah, yeah, every shot was just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, I mean... I can't I can't make fun of him too much because that's also exactly what I would do. <laughs> just like bam. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, and it goes to show you that there was no it. one on this no one on this set. Yeah, no one that... like corrected this or anything. No. It wasn't like the director no. was like, do something different. I'm pretty sure all of these scenes were done in like one take because they just filmed continuously. Like they just were like right. and now we're gonna run over to this place do some acting like there there was not a lot of like structure to this um it was filmed in order more or less with the exception of like a few um like the the westgate or wedgwood i don't remember it was westgate the westgate pizza wedgwood thing was, was like, involved in nothing <laughs> they're too good for this movie. <laughs> leave wedgwood out of this <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, westgate, the westgate pizza thing happened like like well after that and they like cut it in but i think that the movie was filmed in sequential order other than that um okay. which is unusual for movies but probably like worked for something like this where you just have to like have people make it up as they go because otherwise yeah. it wouldn't make any sense right that acts as though it made sense the way they did do it that's fair yeah. <laughs> it would have made slightly less sense or perhaps more sense it's unclear what would have <laughs> happened if this was not filmed in order yeah <laughs> right okay so i want to sort of lead by talking about why i really hate this movie <laughs> <laughs> and for context i don't really hate movies i don't really hate much like, there are movies I think are bad, or even just, like, unwatchable, or even with B-movie, where I described it as, like, harmful. But I don't, like, hate B-movie the way I hate this movie. <laughs> and I think that in terms of actual harm done, nobody watched this movie. Yeah. So, right. in the grand scheme, who cares? But this movie pisses me off. And the reason is, it's, like, simultaneously lazy and cynical mm -hmm. it's like they're like like low production movies even if they're not very good and sometimes they are good but even if they're not very good so, like you'll oftentimes get a sense of like someone really cared about this this was like someone's passion project and they were really mm -hmm. giving it a shot with like what they had available and you'll see like actors who are like maybe not the best but they're like 
they're really trying. They're really giving it something. And even if the result ends up being bad or unwatchable, you sort of feel like there was an effort there. There was a point. And maybe, like, the people involved in this, like, maybe they learned something. Maybe the next thing they make will be a little better. Maybe the thing they make after that will actually be good. Like, but this is more, like, every aspect of it, it felt like the people in charge were expending the least amount of effort possible. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, it was like they were deliberately just, like, cherry-picking stuff that they sort of vaguely thought certain audiences might be into, but, like, refusing to actually put in efforts. So it's just, like, lazily grabbing zombie movie tropes in the middle of, yeah. like, when zombies were the hottest thing. Right. And just sort of lazily hacking this movie together. And just, right. like, it, like that combination of laziness and cynicism is what pisses me off. Yeah, I, I think that when you look at popular, um, popular, like, cult films or B-movies and stuff like that, they're made with a certain level of authenticity that this movie completely lacks. Yeah. And they were putting yeah. a lot of that on, um, Joanne specifically, yeah. I think. And I, I, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that she's pretty decent in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think she did a good job. And if they would have, like, followed that and like made her the final girl which it seemed like they were set up they were being like set up to do but then she like dies off screen and it becomes about the colonel and the zombinator um it starts it starts to fall apart because you lose that total sense of authenticity which you get in movies like the room rocky horror picture show basically any like Mm -hmm. movie with divine in it um because it's silly, it's campy, but people are committing to it, people believe in it, and it is hitting on something that people recognize. And, like, sometimes that thing might be absurdity with, you know, the room, but you can also tell that it was done with not even people believing in it, but, like, it was done from a fairly authentic place of, like, you know, Tommy Wiseau legitimately thought that this was, like, a brilliant film, and that's what people, like, connect to with it in rocky horror picture show it was meant to be like really campy and out there and stuff like that but you get these like uh themes of sexuality and even like you can hear those pretty explicitly in song lyrics that i think are like very genuine um and that's why people are still watching this movie 45 years later whereas with the zombinator it's this like guy from la coming in being like oh this is like a stupid appalachian like rust belt town it's really abandoned let's make a zombie movie but the fact that it was zombies didn't actually mean anything yeah it was just zombies because zombies are cool and there's abandoned buildings and he had absolutely nothing to say about it like the the moral here or whatever is like it turns out the zombie thing was made by like a pharmaceutical so they could sell the cure which is like the laziest shittiest like conspiracy sort of thing and what's so wild it's also very unoriginal too yeah what's so wild is that you can do that in a really cool way in like youngstown and appalachia because those are like like the center of the opioid crisis like you could do something Mm -hmm. like that and have it make sense and have it be authentic um but i don't I would not even guess that they even, like, knew about something like that. I just thought that they were like, oh, it was, like, super cool when it was, like, the Umbrella Corporation, so it's going to be super cool now. Yeah. And people yeah, like The that Walking t- Dead. <laughs> like, Yeah. 
that would have taken effort to put it together. And I think Tom hit like hit the nail on the head though, that it's just lazy. Like it was like they, they had like the faintest glimmer of an idea and then took the easiest path every single step to make this movie. And with the intent that like, Oh, People like bad movies. These cult movies are bad and people like them. So we can make a bad movie and it'll magically be a movie that people will like for no reason. And we don't have to do any work. And that's right. a huge misunderstanding of what cult films are. Yeah. Um, and I don't want people listening to this to think that we're being like particularly precious about our hometown because like that's not the case at all. Like this movie just like not only missed the point of like rust belt and appalachia cities and stuff like that just missed missed the point of like what felt like filmmaking in general right it felt like they were using like this like extremely generic version of rust belt authenticity to like try and add a sheen of something authentic to this like extremely cynical cash grabby sort of movie yeah yeah because i think that even a few simple changes like it wouldn't have saved this movie wouldn't have redeemed this movie but it would have made it like better like if they would have done something as simple as like okay joanne is the final girl because she is like the rust belt stand in here that would have like one made sense and two like had that theme go throughout the whole movie instead of it being like this like and like military complex that the film decides because you can clearly tell that like you know they get um patrick kilpatrick and the guy who plays the zombinator on set and like everyone was like oh those are like the cool guys that's who the movie is about now and it's almost a shame that they like move so far away from like this is about like a, like a real fashion website that this woman mm-hmm. worked on and just became about like two big dudes shooting at each other in Lannerman's Mill. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I just, it's so irritating the way this movie was done. Cause like, like yeah. you're exactly right. It's like the like big Hollywood dudes showed up on the second day and everyone was like, oh, the movie's about these guys now. And they literally had no script or anything. Yeah. And the outline right. was so fluid that, like... That that could happen. Yeah, but... they were just like, this is a different yeah. movie now. And they yeah. kill the main character off screen because they're bored of her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and the the fact that it didn't have a script was, like, propped up as a feature. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I 100% believe that, that it was a symptom of that laziness of, like, doing the least amount of work possible. Just being like, we're just going to improvise shit off of an outline and then edit it to make it look, you know, to make yeah. it coherent. Uh, and that, that'll work right. And to be fair... I, I I made the comment when we were watching it that like you probably could have taken the footage that they got and edited it into something cohesive if they had a talented editor that came from something like reality TV uh, and, and that sort of thing. Like it could have made sense. But at that point, you would have been like the the editor is the one who's going to be telling the story with the raw material of all of the footage that was gained because 
all of these actors were basically making decisions for themselves, for their characters, and people were adding the scenes, not just the actors, but um, people behind the scenes were trying to add things to this movie and had cool ideas and wanted to do stuff. And but like what the, almost my take on the movie, though, was like because so many different people had these influences uh, scene to scene. Uh, the actors just randomly making decisions for their characters, just improvising through scenes, just yes ending for scenes that are way too long. Um, you almost get this final product that is like procedurally generated, yeah. you know, where it's like if if you just like wrote an algorithm to take the script of every zombie movie ever and spit it out and then generate each frame of the movie using some <laughs> version of Google's deep dream. Like the, the movie you would get would be a, something akin to this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that what they were trying to do, at least on some level, they were like, oh, you know, it's an hour away from Youngstown, Monroeville, who for anyone who doesn't know, Monroeville is where they filmed uh, Dawn of the Dead. And they filmed at like the Monroeville Mall. That's like the yeah. famous like JCPenney scene and stuff like that. Um, so they're mm-hmm. like, oh, if you get a whole city involved in something like a movie production, as with like zombies and stuff like that um i mean you can still if you go anywhere like any sort of convention around like pittsburgh or monroeville you will have people who are like i was on this film set i'm gonna sell a bunch of t-shirts that say that like reference something from the movie and people will like buy into that um that will never happen with zombinator one because you know romero is very very talented but also because like you need so much more than that and you know it was Mm -hmm. trying to tell um a story about zombies where the zombies meant something and they weren't just mm-hmm. like there because zombies are cool and popular um right. and i think that that's just so critically what the film misses um like monsters mean stuff <laughs> you can't just <laughs> right. like throw a mo- i mean you can just throw a monster in your movie and be like it's cool and good because it's a monster or it's campy and bad because it's a monster um there are a reason like why people pick monsters for different things and why people like connect to monsters at different times. Um, I mean, at that time you have like this big boom of, of of, like zombies and zombie culture. Um, and you can like, you can look at like what was happening in like pop cultural, like world news and stuff like that to be like, why zombies are like making a resurgence or like why vampires were making a resurgence and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah. What's what's the cool monster now? Is it like witches? I think it's witches. People want to like be witches. That's fair. Um, Yeah, that's the way vampires are when they come around. Though people want to be vampires. Yeah, I think that people have like pretty firmly moved away from like zombies at this point because it feels like too close to home almost. Mm, Right. Um, But you get a lot, I guess that you get, like, in horror, you get a lot of, like, isolation stuff that people are, like, talking about now and, like, coming out with now. Like, the idea of, like, you know, isolation and, uh, like, even, like, post-apocalyptic and things like that. Like, because stuff just feels post-apocalyptic now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's the end of my musing on that particular subject. Before we move too much further, can I talk about one other aspect that I found? very frustratingly lazy about sure. what this movie was yes. So they chose to do it in a mockumentary style, which that's not lazy in my opinion. It is a choice mm-hmm. you make, 
that makes filming yeah. a lot easier. So, some people hate mm. it, but I, I kind of like mockumentaries yeah. and like found cool footage personally, and especially yeah, in horror. I think it works really well. Yeah. Right. And it's true that it is easier in a lot of ways. Like it makes a lot of things in production simpler, but I don't think it's necessarily lazy right there because like you're making a sort of macro level choice and like you can put effort in other stuff, but the, what makes it lazy rather than just being like a trade off is that they, whenever they were in a moment in the movie where they had like a scene they wanted to do, but the mockumentary format would have made that like difficult to shoot in a way that made sense, they didn't put in any effort to truly figure out a way to make it all make yeah. sense. They just like they just like shot this did the shots they thought looked good and then like came up with the flimsiest justifications for why the camera people were there yeah or just like stuff like you know you have uh, a scene where the the camera people are like trying to run and escape the zombies along with um the other actors which you would think that they would like not include all like you know minute and a half of this camera yeah. person running and just like shaky cam all the way but they did um but then like maybe like 10 minutes later in the movie the zombies just conveniently forget that they can eat the camera people and the camera people get these like still shots of of the zombies all chasing like you know yeah. the other the characters in the movie and you know it's just they didn't have a plan for it and that's one of the many ways that this like yeah. comes out so it's like they wanted all the benefits of a mockumentary style but were unwilling to accept any of the limitations that entails right and so instead of like embracing the limitations and using that to like fuel the creative process that might have actually created scenes that were interesting they just like just ignored the limitations when it was inconvenient yeah but yeah that basically sums up the whole movie. They ignore the limitations when it's convenient. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that's did, really it. They did leave in excruciatingly long scenes of the cast yelling at the camera people to turn the cameras off. They did. Right. Yeah, because that <laughs> yeah. was like, clearly like, you had someone telling these actors like, oh, be frustrated that they're still filming. So, like, sort of randomly throughout the movie, someone would, like, turn to the camera people and be like, why are you still filming? Um, but then this also led to, like, clearly they were supposed to accept that they were still filming after a certain point. So someone would start out, why are you still filming? Person and people were like, yeah, you assholes. And then um, the camera person would be like, because it's important. And then person A would go back to be like, don't yell at the camera people. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was yeah. it was extremely silly. Um and that's not even targeted towards anyone because almost all of them did this throughout the yeah. entire film. <laughs> but it, yeah. It, it was a lot of it was a lot of like improvising in the scene without much consideration for the impacts uh right, the, because, of the decisions they were making across the entire story. Because they quote needed unquote, to move, story. move the scene forward and there were often mm -hmm. like over 10 people in a scene because you start out with a massive group of characters. Right. Um, so whenever they were in the scene together, they needed to introduce conflict, which led to like no one having a solid characterization at all because, you know, they're actors. So they want their big moment in the movie, which I understand. I'm totally down with. Um, 
but then they would like someone else would start agreeing with them or introduce more conflict and they would have to like start conflict in a different way maybe that like contradicted their first point like yeah so you end up with like a lot of the characters end up feeling like these compulsively contrarian assholes yeah and just like sometimes they'll just decide partway through that no zombies aren't real we can tell yeah. that zombies aren't real because I decided it. And then they, <laughs> right. like, turn a corner. And obviously this is in the blocking. They'll turn a corner, scream because there's zombies. While this character has just spent 15 minutes running from zombies who ate their friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. It's a mess. It was, it was interesting. It's not a good movie. It's not. No. It's not at all. It's not it- good. It's not fun. Right. It, it It is a perpetual train wreck that isn't even fun to watch. You know, like there's those there's this movies uh, that are just bad and they just get worse, but you can't take your eyes off them. No, this is a movie you can't wait to like just give up just on. Just shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> just shut it off. It's it doesn't. Just- it's put not the pillow over this movie's mouth and put it out of its yeah. misery. The the best line in the movie though is when they get on the truck and there's a priest in the truck. Unclear why after they had seen the original two priests die and one character says, "We've seen too many priests today." And I'm like, "Agree." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that character didn't do anything either. Like that character is there through through the next scene yeah. and then like they dies had, sort of off screen. Ambiguously. They clearly had like the priest callers, and yeah. they just were like, "We got to use. We have this, so we got to." Yeah, use they just them. thought it was cool. Yeah, and I think and then that, there was like, the extended what, prayer scene in the truck that just kept going on and yeah. on, where like that actor was just like, "Let me say every single prayer that I happen to kind of remember." <laughs> <laughs> Which is ex- which is as funny as it sounds, right? <laughs> but only when you're like dunking on it with friends, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, it is actually watching it drags. And like, so I think hard. that a lot of these people thought that there were going to be more cuts in the movie than there were because they they just go until they have nothing else to say, um, which yeah. I think is an instinct that a lot of actors have, especially when you put them into an improv situation. And I think it it's its own talent to do that, um, and it's something that's like hard to get a read on especially when there's so many other things happening around you yeah yeah they were definitely betrayed by the editor there where they were like just throwing stuff out to keep scenes alive yeah with the assumption Mm -hmm. that a proper editor was gonna come in and slice these down i will say that every single person committed like every right every actor who like is a named character, especially within the main group, and especially, like, the colonel and the zombinator, like, they all really committed to this. Like, even the guy who was the colonel was not like, I was in Minority Report, I'm better than this. Like, he really did commit to <laughs> yeah. the role, and he did, yeah. he, did a, he did a good job for what it was. Yeah, they were all definitely giving it their all. The problem is that, like, they were given absolutely no direction. So, right. like, it wasn't, like, they were committed, but it wasn't clear to what. Yeah. yeah and like and, and myers myers's background is in documentary and uh reality television which is extremely obvious mm-hmm. um because like of course that's the type of movie that someone like that would make like you tell yeah. someone like that to make a zombie movie and like you know uh we'll make a couple of co- phone calls around the city of youngstown of course that's what they're gonna come up with like you know so i'm not like super surprised but it's just like the very low budget, and you don't need a particularly high budget in horror, but just, like, 
the budget, the, like, lack of writing and, like, probably lack of direction and, like, so many other things just turn this into just a, like, almost unwatchable mess. Yeah. Like I said before, like, if you had a really solid editor, you could have made something out of this. It wouldn't have been, like, anything mind-blowing, but it would have been coherent, and it might have actually been a little good if they knew what they were doing, because the actors put in work, you know? There was things in those scenes that they could have taken and run with, uh, even in the in the cutting room, and there was some legitimately good shot, like, good, like, artistic shots in there as well. They just didn't know when to cut and just used everything. Yeah. And uh, the other thing would have been is cutting the movie like that would have made it very short because this yeah, movie is already like out. an hour, an hour and 15 minutes long. And uh, and it's because it's extremely long scenes. Yeah, the scenes are yeah, so they're long. just s- scenes that never end. Like they just let the, the actors improv and the, and the actors are trying to do stuff. Yeah, but the are. editors just use all of it, even though it doesn't make any sense to do that. And like I did, like <laughs> for the like day I was on set or whatever, like I did hear people going up to Sergio and being like, "I have these skills. I can cry on commands. Like we should like you know try to like facilitate something around that, so we get like you know a cool shot of like something happening." Um, so they were like thinking about it. Like yeah. it wasn't just like they were like you know whatever. Like we're gonna buy like a dollar fifteen carton of cigarettes and just like fuck off but i don't know how much cigarettes cost (laughs) um but yeah they did like they did think about stuff uh which like you know good for them yeah a lot of these people are still are still working in like bit roles and like indie films and stuff like that so go watch their better work i guess yeah yeah like one thing i do wonder (laughs) is if they had enough worthwhile footage to make a properly edited feature-length film. Because I feel like if they edited the way you're talking about, Nick, at least based on the mm-hmm. scenes it we It would have, be a short film. It would be like a 40-minute movie, yeah. maybe. 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of what it edited now, down to. I do know they filmed a lot more than they ended up okay. using. Um, like, so there was I mean, Maybe not a lot more, but I, I remember them shooting scenes that are wholesale just not in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like, like... Or like... There was an actual I, conclusion... I scene that was supposed to be in that... Maybe it was in the film later. Unclear. Yeah. <laughs> right. My yeah, guess like is there was a lot of those scenes probably ended up unusable because they were so disconnected from everything. Yeah. That'd be my guess as to what happened. That like they have a bunch of scenes that should have been like the connective tissue of this movie to like let mm-hmm. them keep everything snappy by editing down. But the scenes mm-hmm. just ended up not making any sense and they just couldn't find a place to put them. So they're left with having to, like, drag out the scenes they did decide to keep. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. They just didn't have the connective tissue there. Like, uh, they filmed at Lannerman's Mill. They did film, like, a conclusion to that whole sequence. Like, yeah. there was a whole thing where, like, the camera crew escapes. They get they mm-hmm. they managed to, like, get past the zombies and get to the truck and yeah, leave. And they shot that, that entire sequence. And it's not anywhere in the movie. Um, yeah. I mean, like, they might that's... have, like, thought that the cameraman being the final girls was, like, a bad call. But it, I think that it would have like made more sense. I'm not. I'm not doing it like made, a value judgment yeah. on like whether or not that was a good call. But yeah. uh, I think that they wanted uh, the ending to be the colonel because they thought that the colonel was cool. I think that's basically it. They just thought yeah. it was a cool 
way to sort of button up the movie. It leads to this bizarre, abrupt ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they never actually bothered to characterize the camera people outside of, like, the earliest scenes in the movie that are completely dropped. Right. So, like, it's not like anyone would give a shit about the camera people getting away. What I do You're think right. is funny, though, that the cameramen do come up with, they tell this story. If the story is true, I've never heard this story before about um, some guy who, like, when the trains stopped coming through Youngstown or something like that, he, like, took up residence in the old train station and murdered people. And that's why it's called Murder Capital USA or whatever. Um, what I think is super funny about that is that everyone from Youngstown, who, from what I can tell from the reviews, make up, like, the bulk of positive reviews is just people who were in the movie who lived in Youngstown, because those were the people who, like, sought out the movie. Like, Via mm-hmm. No Station is, like, a popular spot for, like, parties and stuff like that, because they're still, like, like, it's basically a big event hall that they yeah. rent out. And we used to do karaoke at the Boxcar Lounge, which is right next to Via No Station. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a night. little, like, bar attached, essentially. Yeah. My, I guess my last final gripe about this movie is the fact that they, like, got a Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalike and decided they were going to hardcore lean into the Terminator, like, spoof for the marketing uh, down to the name of the movie. And uh, but the but also the cover of this movie is like a term like a direct Terminator, like ripoff where it's like the the like the head with like the flesh pulling away so it's the skull and then there's inexplicably like the red like terminator eye this has nothing to do with the film the zombinator character is not a robot like this is some asylum level bullshit uh that like asylum movies will pull just to like mismarket their movie to like maybe somebody will buy it like (laughs) so i i have a question for you guys um you are given, like, not no budget, the budget that you estimate Zombinator got, and four days to film in Youngstown, Ohio. What movie do you make? What would your movie be like? Oh, shit. I don't know. Um, I, I had an idea that immediately jumped into my mind. Okay. Which is, like, a mockumentary for, like, or maybe even a documentary. But something around like pizza, because I do something have a special pizza. place for Youngstown Pizza. <laughs> like a Youngstown Pizza documentary. Pizza. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. I like the, that. The, <laughs> if it was like a mockumentary, so like like it's you know not really a documentary, but the idea I had would almost be like you know a young, like maybe like seventeen year old kid who's like entering like you know like I forget what that. This is like a pizza competition in like the Mahoney Valley every year he like wants to enter the pizza competition or something and he's like perfecting the perfect pizza and like finding the right ingredients Mm -hmm. so like the it would be like sort of like his story and like his life Mm -hmm. and like his family and you can do it in the mockumentary style so you can like shoot it all pretty quick yeah and like get like the tie-ins to like youngstown pizza culture and stuff yeah i like and have him like you know, trying to find, like, the right... So, like, like the conflict could be around, like, the various obstacles he has to, like, deal with. Because, like, like he needs to get, like, a pizza oven. Because you can't make, like, a good pizza in a regular oven. You need, like, an oven that gets hotter, really. So, I don't know. That'd be the movie. It would be, like, him achieving his dream of making, like, the best pizza. 
Youngstown uh, <laughs> does have extremely good pizza for the people yeah. who are not from Youngstown. Although I think that most of the people who be listening to this are at least aware of Youngstown because I think a lot of people <laughs> listen are also from Ohio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Nick, what would you make? Huh. So, um, hmm. See, one of, when doing something like this, like you kind of have to like take into consideration what your limitations are and then develop a premise that not only stays within those limitations, but uses those limitations to what you're trying to do. Um, so like with like a budget, budgeted movie like Zombinator, which is to say not much, <laughs> um, I would probably still do like the found footage or mockumentary sort of deal, but I would super, super, super scale down, uh, like your cast, like yeah, for sure. maybe, and I, and I think like if like say say any what you want about like the the synthesis of like the idea for this movie but you know the youngstown area would make a pretty solid post-apocalyptic setting yeah so doing like a post-apocalyptic not necessarily zombies i wouldn't even do that because like zombie makeup and special effects and all that is like that's a lot um and they they sure tried for this movie but i wouldn't <laughs> worry about any of that i would do more of like a, a grounded uh, post-apocalyptic film with like a small handful group of survivors um, and uh, like you know maybe even if you wanted to do like a little bit more of like a supernatural thriller a little bit it could almost be like a like a unknown threat that you can't really see um, almost like uh, I guess like in the in the style of like a, a quiet place or bird box where like there's some supernatural threat that you like can't body horror maybe not even body horror but like uh like uh like the threat is not something that it's not a monster you will ever see on screen you know kind of play with that like looming threat sort of thing and then really focus on the characterization of your small cast dealing with these threats and maybe dealing with other human threats uh like that sort of thing, really, really scale it down. Um, and I think you could do something really cool with a very small budget doing that. Yeah. You know, and also get really cool shots of abandoned, you know, Rust Belt town <laughs> that Youngstown is good for. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also go like horror movie because I think that like horror lends itself to low budget. And I feel like, mm -hmm. um, Youngstown does in fact have a pretty good like setting for that. Um, mm -hmm. so what I, but I would go like very, very like limited locations. So I would do something where like I would like rent the BNO for like four days or something like that and like just film there. And I would do it almost mm. like, um, haunted house style with a lot of like practical effects. Um, oh yeah, that's and like cool. again, like like you said, very small cast. Um, I don't even know that I would like make it super like Youngstown, Ohio, TM. Um, but I would like use the location and like a pretty limited location and just like make make like a haunted something, make like a horror something. And I don't think it would like win any Oscars or anything, but I would attempt to make it coherent and attempt yeah. to make it like mean something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So that's our pitch to the investors listening. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> let us make a movie. <laughs> yeah. I'll right. say if I was like 
trying to do something like the Zombinator, something like a zombie movie in Youngstown, mm-hmm. I would like honestly scrap the Colonel and the Zombinator. Yeah, have nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, spend that money on literally anything else. <laughs> Um, right. More pizza for your extras. Yeah, really. I'm still salty yeah, about sure. that. Still, for still real. angry. <laughs> and then, like, get more creative with your mockumentary style. So, like, better. just one idea I had. So, there's like that really annoying scene where they have to like run across a warehouse. So, like, the camera people are running. So it's just like a minute of like shaky cam and like the ground. Like, it'd be really cool to, like, intercut that with, like, security camera footage that'd be, like, stable and give us, like, a bird's eye view of what's going on. It would, like, not be that hard to do, I think. No, it'd be really easy. But just, like, tighten it up and, like, make the scenes better. Yeah. Right. And, like, embrace the form a little bit more and, like, think a little bit more about what this is like. You could actually have something much more interesting. Yeah. Now you're like uh you're like verging onto like how do script doctor the zombinator yeah. which yeah. is a very scary thought that also is like yeah this is a this is a slippery slope because like to script doctor the zombinator is just as simple as you know writing a script uh <laughs> See, this isn't even so much script doctor as like shot doctor yeah like, yeah like you'd have to call some it something else footage by like yeah. thinking about things <laughs> for like 12 seconds yeah. I think it would be a, a fun like editing experiment to take the Zombinator and try to recut it. <laughs> I think that uh, you would you would really have to commit to the uh to the like short filmed format yeah. though. Yeah, oh absolutely. It yeah. it would be like twenty minutes long. Yeah, it it wouldn't make I mean they they clearly didn't care because it didn't make sense the first time. But, no. but to try like cut a story out of it, um I think that you would have to like cut cut it around the camera people and then see where it goes yeah. and sort of like take out the parts with like you know um dumb shit yeah the people that yeah. we like don't actually care about right. uh the big question see what i think would be like the good cut just uncut whatever they filmed for the wake because that is truly a while youngstown wakes are not like that like maybe like the party after the funeral is like that but they specifically called it a wake at several yeah, that points. Was yeah. i don't think any wakes are like that <laughs> no um see youngstown wakes have cookie tables no they don't um <laughs> well, just the wedding but <laughs> yeah it's just the weddings yeah. i'm, I'm d- dropping d- it all of our youngstown cred cookie yeah. tables has any of the wakes and... you've been to had cookie tables let us know on twitter yeah Hashtag cookie table wakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, comment, comment, cookie table wake. If you if you listen to this, <laughs> if you listen to this the episode, comment it somewhere. I'm not gonna tell you where to comment it. Just comment it. Just somewhere. scream it into the yeah. void. Just, just yell it out your window. <laughs> we'll baby. hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll know. <laughs> right. The wind will carry it to our ears. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Like I said, this movie is on Tubi if you want to watch it. Um, I don't, don't do actually it. recommend that. And also because I know that this is like a thing you have to do when you like really, really shit on a piece of media. Don't like review bomb or anything like that. I don't think enough people no. listen to this to like review bomb, but it is a bad movie. But I, but people did like 
try on this. I don't think that this is the fault of any one person who was involved in this movie. I think that it was just like creative decisions were made that didn't pan out and uh, people still like put a lot into this. So yeah, certainly like like the cast. Yeah, certainly the cast. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, it's not very good, but we were in it. So if you're a big Project Derailed fan, uh, you can watch The Zombinator. I... I, I actually don't know if this if this movie is out. I was also in a documentary. I don't know if my part got cut, but I was interviewed for a documentary. If you, it, it was about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, mm. If you want to see another film that I am in, um, I I never saw the movie, so I don't know if I'm actually Fiona. In do you have an IMDb page? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Um, I do not have an IMDb page, but. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna make one. <laughs> my brother does have an IMDb page though. Fun facts. Um, nice. Because my brother was was in a movie, and I'm not gonna say what the movie was, but he was in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, none of us have an IMDb page, even though we uh froze our asses off for <laughs> yeah good nope. amount of time. It's all for the best. <laughs> yeah. I was actually supposed to go to the last day of filming, but I was, like, still feeling a little bit bitter about how cold it was, like, the first day of filming. And it was warmer because it was, like, raining instead of snowing. Um, But I was just, like, I do not want to, like, stand out in the rain, in the cold. See, raining is so much worse than snow. Yeah. it It was bitter cold, but that was, like... So much of the issue was just the temperature, because I, I don't yeah. think that I would have, like, been as miserable if the temperature wasn't that bad. Yeah. But Right. Yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a final fun fact about the movie. I was wearing a much longer skirt than is shown in the film, but they, like, ripped the bottom of it a little bit, because I was supposed to be a zombie. And when they were driving us out to Westgate Pizza... Nick sat on the part that was ripped and I got out of the car and it just ripped the bottom like six inches off of my skirt. And I was like, okay, this is where we are now. <laughs> um, still <Hey>. mad. <laughs> I was making wardrobe decisions for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like everyone just like turned and like looked because you just heard this like huge rip as I was getting out of the car. I completely uh, forgot about that. Yeah, I remember it now that you say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it was so many things happened that day. I'm not surprised you didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, it but, was a it was a wild week. <laughs> yeah. So, any uh, final thoughts about Zombinator? Any other movies you guys have been in that you want to shout out? <laughs> well, I'm honestly ashamed that I've had as many thoughts about Zombinator as I have so far. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. Let's All set right. this bad boy down. Yeah, this is where our <laughs> acting career has taken us. We've gone from feature films to actual play podcasts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are also that unscripted. Are... Also unscripted, and I feel and like way it's better. A lot tighter. Yeah. Yeah. Way better if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. We. Uh, I don't know. There's a market. I mean, this has enough reviews out that maybe we should uh, get together $45 and make a zombie movie. This is more than $45, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making a joke. But yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not going to suggest people watch the movie, but it is available if you do want to watch it, as all of the movies on the show are. And I think that that's where we're going to leave it. So thank you for listening. Bye. 
Bye! Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gif Yankee. My character is a doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're Ravnus, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luck B. Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> As each day shrinks shorter and the nights grow colder, our souls prepare to darken along with the night sky. Four storytellers gather round the campfire. Each has a tale to tell. The counselors at Camp Marigold are trying to move on from the terrors of the previous summer. Will they escape from the clutches of the Lindworm? Three friends investigate a small town after their vehicle breaks down on their road trip. Will they survive its horrifying secret or succumb to devastation? A tale of mystical felines who watch over the children of the neighborhood. Will they be able to save them on All Hallows' Eve? When nightmares become indistinguishable from reality, where do the real horrors lie? Fables around the table. Firelight premieres October 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. ProjectDerailed.com